Salutations and shit, y'all. This is D. Carrie here at the Beats on Film studio. I am back from Europe. So, let's just jump right the fucking. This was not the most enjoyable vacation. It was not a bad vacation. But um, I can't really say that I had a life-changing experience of any sort. I did have a moment in uh, Norway. That's the chair making noise, y'all. So um, let me start with, I am one hell of a shopper. So I was actually talking to my coworkers and somehow they were like, I was telling them about all the flights I was taking because I essentially did four countries, five cities in a little over seven. It was Friday night until Saturday the next day. So that's like eight days. Now, I flew from JFK to, where did I go? I did JFK to... Oslo, which is in uh, southern Nor- Norway. Then I was supposed to have a like eight-hour layover there, be- but because of uh, Trump and his feelings, the government was shut down, and uh, I ended up being delayed, leaving JFK for maybe three hours or so. Um, so I got to Norway, and I only had maybe five hours in Oslo, maybe a little less, and it didn't really make it didn't make sense for me to pay to leave the airport and then spend maybe an hour or so getting something to eat and then cuz I think the city center was like an hour away from the airport. So and it was maybe 20 the train that I had seen was going to be like $20. I hear there was another one, but it wasn't in my line of sight and at that point I was tired. So, yeah, Oslo was a bust. When I flew into Oslo, sat around the airport for about five hours, and then I flew up north to Tromsø. That is um, northern Norway. It's pretty far up, guys. When we went to go, and by we, I mean I booked a tour to see the northern lights. Um, Wait, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. I was mentioning that I'm a good shopper. So I flew into Norway. From Norway, I flew to Austria. I... um, had a let's say 12 hour layover in Vienna and after so I got there maybe 11 12 o'clock and so then I had a a red eye the next morning after Vienna I flew into Rome had three days in Rome from Rome I flew to London because it was cheaper to fly into JFK from uh, London than it was from Rome so four countries the initial cost of everything was like 615 612 but one of the flights did not include a checked bag so i ended up spending maybe like 30 dollars or so um 30 40 dollars or so and uh getting my luggage included so my total cost didn't cost me over 650 dollars uh, roughly so uh yeah four countries for less than a thousand countries, a thousand countries, right? A thousand dollars. So I'm very proud of my uh, price searching skills. Um, So that did not include any of my accommodations. 
I ended up spending, because I booked maybe a few days or a week before I left for the trip, uh, my Airbnb in uh, Tromsø in Norway, I think I spent maybe $100, $120 or so. And then I spent maybe another $170 on the three days in Rome. Then I ended up, and mind you, when I booked all of my flights, I did a combination of Google Flights and Skyscanner. I think I mentioned Skyscanner back when I was still investigating. But uh, Skyscanner has been totally clutched for me because it gives me the opportunity to search by price. You put in where you want to leave, you search your dates, and you just get a list of destinations, you get their cost, and you can, like if you're looking at your cart at Macy's or if you're looking at, you know, your search at any store online or whatever, you can just organize by price, right? So that's what I use to book my flights. I'm, uh, for the most part, exclusively an Airbnb girl, um, but I will occasionally look on Expedia to see if, you know, I can get certain discounts on hostels. So I've been using the app Hostel World to book my hostel accommodations. I stayed in a hostel for the first time. So this trip was... Uh, very popular for the firsts. I did quite a few things for the first time on this trip. Um, so if anything, it was quite the learning lesson. Let me, uh, let me specify that. So what I did notice is that, um, between Hostel World and Expedia, Expedia often gave a lower price on the same hostel on the very same accommodations. So, if, and then also, if you book with Expedia, you can accumulate more points. If you use the app with Expedia, you get double points. So it can very much so be worth it to book a hostel or to book any kind of accommodation through Expedia. Excuse me, if you know that you're going to get points and those points turn into dollars for future purchases. So, yeah, I am almost exclusively an Airbnb girl, except for um, if I stay at a hostel, which I did. And was actually very satisfied with my hostel experiences were um, recommendable, I guess you could say. I would definitely recommend hostels in Europe. I had a great experience. I learned that you can have a room shared with like seven other chicks and have an ensuite. And that was a surprise to me in the first hostel in Vienna. And it kind of spoiled me from jump. After that experience, I would not stay in a hostel that did not have an ensuite. So, uh, ensuite is having like your bathroom attached to the room. So you don't have to run up nobody's hallway in a towel, like, oh shit, my toothbrush, and then go back to the room, or oh, my soap or lotion, whatever. You don't got to go back to the room. Like, you just. You'd stay in your room to use the bathroom. And what was cool about the one in uh, Austria is that it was a female dorm. So it was a female dorm for eight beds. And the there were two bathrooms. It was a bathroom, one and a half bathrooms. We had two toilets. And one of the toilets had the shower in it as well. So somebody could be in the shower and somebody else could still use the bathroom, brush your teeth or whatever it is they needed to do. Um, so I think that that was incredible. They were both really clean. The shower was hot. I was hella satisfied. And uh, the hostel ended up being like a block or two from the train station. Now, mind you, when I got off the train, it, oh, another first. This trip was the first time that I've ever taken 
public transit from the airport to my accommodations. And that was quite the undertaking. What I will say is Europe makes their trains wild fucking easy to understand. Their buses are just as kind of... With buses, you run into the same issues abroad as you do here. They're not always... The stops aren't always announced. And you can't always see what stop you're at while you're on the bus. But if you find a sweet spot and you sit someplace where you can see the stops, then you're fine. Additionally, um, I only took buses, I want to say, in Rome. Um, I feel like I'm still jumping on... Uh, I feel like what, was, what was the last thing I was talking about? My memory is shot, guys. I ended up talking about how much I paid for the air, the airfare. Then I did the hotel. Oh, I was talking about how much the fucking hotels and stuff. Well, not hotels, but the accommodations. So, said how much all that was. I ended up spending, so let's say, rounding up two, four, maybe four fifty on accommodations, and that's like highballing it, highballing it. So overall, the trip. Cost me about $1,000. Now, since we're on dollars, let me tell you about that fucking currency exchange. I feel like I was ripped off. Um, I don't even know how to advise you to handle it going forward. But I will say that as of, what's today? February 5th? Yeah, February 5th. Um, shout out to Janae and Shakira. Happy birthday, guys. Um... I've known you guys for most of my adult life. I just want to wish you two beautiful ladies a uh, happy birthday. Uh, but um, I think, where did I do it? I did it in, was it Norway? Did I exchange any cash? I'm trying to think of, I, yeah, I know I had to exchange some cash in Norway. I probably only exchanged like $50 because I was only going to be there for uh, one or two nights. Well, I was there for two nights, but I knew the first night I wasn't buying shit. It wasn't really of necessary. Uh, I didn't have much need for cash. But in Austria, I ended up trying to, well, not trying to, I did exchange $250 for euros because I knew I was going to be there three days in Rome and this night in Austria. $250 got me, I want to say, 140 six 150 euros and everything in euros is as expensive as it is in dollars so say something that would be 15 dollars in the states it's gonna be 15 fucking euros in europe like it's not like if you go to thailand and something that would be eight dollars is like 50 cents that's not how it fucking works so you i lo- i feel like i lost hella money hella money now, to my understanding, you can't just walk into a bank and try to exchange cash if cash if you don't have an account with the bank. I mean, I'm certain that some banks do allow for certain, um, you know, uh, they just do allow some type of leniency. And But that just wasn't something that I wanted to bother doing. So I ended up taking that out. Um, if anybody knows any better way to, well, I have exchanged, I did exchange euros the last time I went to Europe, was it Europe? I don't know where the fuck I was. I think I, it was Canadian. No, was it? Yeah, I don't remember the last place I went to exchange the money, but I know I did exchange money at my bank before. And even they 
uh, charge you a conversion rate. It's just not likely as high as it is in the airport. So chances are you're better off doing it at your bank before you go. But again, that ain't what my degree is in. So I can't necessarily give you the, um, the best advice on that one. But uh, I will say if you're heading over to Europe and you have this budget in your mind, increase it if you can, because your dollar is not going to last you as long as you would like it to. So uh, with that being said, overall, the trip itself didn't cost me more than $1,000. Um, and I don't use uh, services where you pay for it um, little by little or anything like that. I just do. I just plan and pay for it at different times. Like I'll pay for my flights in one shot for the most part, and then I'll wait for another pay cycle and then start booking accommodations. Now, back to another first, I did a Terry O, shout out to Terry, and I um, just showed up in London without knowing where I was going to stay. Um, before I get into that horrible idea, let me just mention that uh, the trains were a breeze. Most of, like, you know how we have the uh, tram from JFK to wild other places like many other places you can get from uh you know you can get to the airport from a lot of different buses and a lot of different trains and then we've got the tram from uh jamaica station and all that kind of shit so i think at this point all major airline airports have some you know heavy train that'll get you to the city center so that was what i traveled with in all the locations that I arrived, except for in Norway. My flight arrived, I want to say at about 11, 10 o'clock. No, actually it was nine. I kept thinking that it was 11 o'clock, but it was actually like eight or nine o'clock. Thankfully, I uh, sent her the time in military time because I was fucking up the conversion. Um, so anyway, my host ended up picking me up. Uh, special shout out to Tone. Uh, she was... A dream. I felt like I was just staying with family. Um, she picked me up. She took me to the grocery store because heads up, everything in Norway is closed on Sunday. Um, I think it's a thing in a lot of European countries, but especially in Norway, you really can't find much of shit open to um, accommodate any type of need that you may have. It's great for their um, for their uh, for their lives, but I, there's a word I was actually looking for, but it's not coming to me. Um, but in terms of needing to get things, not really, uh, helpful. So she was kind enough to stop at the grocery store the night before, picked up a little couple of things to eat. And I got two pairs of wool socks and I, by wool, I mean like 95% wool, not like 23% wool, uh, viscose polyester blend kind of shit. And they only ran me like $23 for the two pairs. Last time I was in REI, I ended up spending, you know, on sale, like, 11 12 dollars for um one pair that full price was 25 dollars 30 dollars socks so i was really pleased with that purchase but um yeah i enjoyed norway because i was able to check off one of my travel list items i don't really want to say a bucket list item but because something about bucket list to me just implies like you're gonna die soon so I don't really like saying that, but one of the 
things on my short list of shit to do travel wise was to see the Northern Lights. When I'd gone to Alberta with my homegirl, um, hey, Sarita, we had intended to and made a noble attempt at going to see them and that didn't work. However, I booked an Airbnb based on uh, reviews saying that the people that were staying there had been able to see them from the house, but I didn't leave that to chance. I ended up booking a chase the chase the lights tour. There's this group that I'd seen on Facebook and then saw not on Facebook on uh, YouTube. And I ended up stumbling across them on what did I use? Expedia. I had, credits from Expedia. So I ended up having like $22 off the tour. It actually was one of the cheaper tours that I'd seen. And what was incredible about it is they didn't just go to like a special spot to see the lights. They basically looked at the entire forecast and take you to where the chances are going to be the best to see the lights. So for me, that was very beneficial. We ended up doing a drive pretty far up. I think he said we were like 36 degrees longitude. We were very much so Arctic, very much so, uh, near to the North pole. And, uh, it was incredible. We did, I think four different locations. They included professional photos. The tour, I want to say was like 121. At one point I'd seen it for like 109, but by the time I booked it, I think it ran me like 115 or 120 or something like that but then I had like $22 off so I didn't even spend a hundred dollars um so it was great the hosts were pretty cool um it was in the city center my host ended up dropping me off there and waiting to make sure that it was the right spot that everything was you know lined up and that I had checked in and that I wouldn't have any issues and um she was a dream so thank you again to tone the tour was great we saw the northern lights um, little note, if you go to see them, the guy that I had made sure to explain this to us, but, um, you're not going to see them the way you see them in photos. Of course, cameras have the technology to have a, uh, I guess longer or shorter shutter speed. I am not a photographer, so I don't know which way makes the lights brighter and more vibrant, but the camera's got the technology to um, heighten the visual experience of the Northern Lights. And the Northern Lights is, uh, forgive me, I think it's Aurea Borealis. I'd never say it correctly, so I always just say the Northern Lights. But when you look at them with the naked eye, especially once you step out into the area that you're looking at them in, it's not going to necessarily be that bright and... um, not translucent, but that really vibrant color that you see when you look at pictures. And of course I have pictures posted on the travel and shit Instagram. So if you'd like to see how my experience turned out, definitely go check that out, that out. But it, when we first saw it, it was like a really faint kind of gray, if you will, like a white kind of milky, you know, dusty kind of movement in the sky. But once your eyes adapt to the dark, you're able to see them more vibrantly. And then also, if you're lucky, the activity will pick up and it'll become more intense and they'll, air quotes here, they'll dance or they'll, you know, move. And it, it was just a, such an incredible, incredible 
experience to see them. And also what was cool about it was you cannot capture it's you can't capture it at all on your iPhone. The only way you can do it is if you're able to put your phone into manual mode. I know some Androids do let you do that. I'm sure that there is some kind of app or something that you can use so that you can control your camera in a manual mode. I don't have it. So it forced me to let go of taking pictures and just be present in the moment. And even though it was dark as fuck because they specifically drive to, um, you know, dark spaces because that obviously makes it much easier to see, you know, all the astral beings. And when I, baby, the stars alone, I saw like four shooting stars. Hello. Incredible. Just stars in general. I love anything of the sky, of the night sky. That is, I love stars. I love the moon. I love, you know, all types of shooting stars. I enjoy the science behind what we saw a red giant. We were able to look at a lot of different constellations. It was a really, really incredible experience. And that's all because it's dark as fuck out there. They drive you miles outside of the city just so that you can experience uh, less light pollution. And not only is it just a beautiful sky, even though it's in the dark, you're still able to kind of experience the nature around you. You're still looking at the shadows of fucking huge ass mountains. It's, it was just truly, truly a beautiful experience. And we ended up stumbling down like some snowy ass space down to one of the, I think it's how you pronounce it, fjords. And it's basically, I think, water surrounded by mountains. I really don't know, but that's essentially what I felt like I was in the middle of. Again, in the middle of the dark. And it's fucking freezing cold. I was appropriately layered up, but my silly ass only wore one pair of socks. Major, major mistake. So I suggest if you're going to go out on one of these cold ass things, wear numerous layers of socks as well. But we went on a coach bus with the bathroom and you're able to go back on, warm up. We did hot chocolate, bonfire, all of that. It was bomb. I suggest it. Do it. Um... I was talking to a girlfriend of mine, hey, Joanna, and she was telling me that she had done a Northern Lights tour. And unfortunately, they didn't, they weren't really able to see it because I don't think that they were one of those chasing tours. They only went to, I think, one or two locations and they didn't go. My my tour went to like four or five different locations and we were able to see them at all of them. So, um, yeah, differences. Um, that was Norway. Overall, the people I felt were pretty nice. Um, The only people I really interacted with were the tour guides, the cashier, and then also, you know, asking questions in the airport. The airport was wild, tiny in Asla, I mean, Tromsa. And um, that was the first time I ever spent the night in the airport also. So I was expecting the tour to end at like 3 a.m. because it was supposed to be one of those 10 hour tours, 12 hour tours or some shit like that. And I told my host that I would be staying well, not staying, but leaving the accommodations from when she dropped me off in the city because it didn't make sense for me to go back to her house afterwards and then have to take a cab to the airport at like, you know, it just didn't make sense. I had a 6 a.m. flight. So I was expecting to be done at three. We ended up being done at like 10, 11, 30 or some shit like that. So I ended up just taking a taxi to the airport and I killed all six of those hours just looking for accommodations for uh Vienna 
So I booked my hostel. It was great. Ensuite, clean, hot shower. I only went to a thrift store. Woo, woo, woo. Austria wasn't really that exciting uh, to me. I was looking for the gargoyles and the great architecture that my mom was telling me to look out for. I ain't seen none of that shit, but, you know, decent time. After Austria, went to Rome. Rome was kind of lackluster to me. I'm not really a big history buff in terms of Roman history. So all the shit that I went to see, the Colosseum, the Parthenon, uh, the Mouth of Truth, which there was a line for, and I refused to wait on the line for because I don't need to touch it. I ended up just taking a picture through the gate. Um, I refused to pay to get into anything because since I saw my dollar wasn't getting me anywhere and how the euro translated, it was just like, I, you're not getting 12 euros for me to go inside. I don't even know what I'm looking at. So fuck y'all. So I just took pictures and everything outside. The Africans have a, you know, they're Africans in every fucking country I think I've been to in Europe. Um, and their hustle is, listen, they will go to, they will go anywhere and find a way to make people like black people. We will make it work anywhere. Um, in Rome, their hustle was, they just stop you. They're wild, nice. And they, you know, where are you from? How you doing? Blah, blah, blah. One guy was like, Hakuna Matata. And I'm like, okay. And he's just like, oh, Hakuna Matata, where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. And so we're talking. And I'm trying not to be nasty because, you know, you're not being nasty to me. So I don't have to be nasty to you. But at the same time, I'm being dismissive because I'm trying to impress upon you that I'm not spending any money with you. I'm, I don't need anything from you. Like, I don't, we're not doing this right now. But, you know, he pursued and, you know, here for you, a gift for you. And so now he's giving me a bracelet. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, I don't want anything. He's like, no, 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 no. And no, it's for you. It's no, it's free. It's a gift. It's a gift. And then he's like, you, you, you seem very nice. You seem like, you know, no worries. Akuna Matata, like you're a nice person. And I'm just kind of thrown off by his kindness. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, thanks. You know, whatever. And he's still talking. He's very, very, very kind. Took a picture. And then he's like, also for you. And he gives me like this little hand carved turtle. And I'm like, all right, how much? How much? He's like, nothing, nothing. It's a gift. It's a gift. You bring this home for someone, blah, blah, blah. And he keeps going that it doesn't cost anything. But then he slides in the, if there's anything you could, you know, if you want to give me so I can, you know, support my family back in Africa. And I'm like, oh, I see what you're doing. Okay. So I gave him like three euros. And, you know, very appreciative. Thank you. Have a nice day. Woo, woo, woo. So I get a little further down. And by further, I mean probably half a mile away. I'm in a totally different area. Another guy comes up to me. Oh, my sister, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. And he's talking, he's talking. I'm like, all right. So trying, again, not to be nasty, but uninterested. And he just hits me with the whole, here, a gift for you. Okay, so this is what we do here. This is this is the hustle. I got it. But now, been here, done that. We're not doing this. So I'm like, how much? He's like, nothing, nothing. How much? Nothing. It's a gift. It's a gift. Blah, 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 blah. And he's doing his little speech speech. And I'm like, you sure? Like, I don't have nothing for you. I don't have any more cash. I'm sorry. And he's just like, no, no, no. I mean, if there's anything you want to give me, I'm supporting my family. And it's with the same story. I'm like, no, I don't have anything. Like, I'm sorry. And he's like, okay, no problem. Have a great day. And I'm like, okay, cool. So, I mean, it's like when the trinkets you know that you're selling are really only costing you like a euro or less, then every once in a while, you're going to come off somebody's do generous donation. You got people that are feeling bad because everyone assumes Africa is, you know, piss poor and that, you know, the world doesn't really see Africa as the natural resource and the gem that it actually is. And so you bank on the, you know, ignorance of the tourists and also the generosity of a lot of people. So 
it's a gray scheme. I just ain't gonna get caught once you already once I already know what it is. But um, yeah, if you have a couple of coins that you would like to give, then by all means you give them. But listen, I eat pizza every day in Rome, except for the one day I treated myself to an actual meal because again, coins gotta stretch. Um, I wasn't really that excited about it. Um, so overall, Rome, eh, I could leave it. Um, but I will say the really great part about it for me was that the Airbnb that I chose to stay in was in, now I know I'm going to say the city or the town, the name of the town wrong. I pronounced it Trastevere or Trastevere. My uncle pronounced it correctly and I didn't retain the information. However, where I stayed was crazy walkable, walkable score on like 10 if that's the highest you can get it. I was able to walk to all of the major the major tourist uh, attractions. Everything was less than two miles away. So when you're on vacation, two miles is, I mean, even not on vacation, but especially when you don't really have any time constraints or anything really holding you back, holding you back two hours, is, I mean, two miles is wild good. Um, and a lot of stuff was even closer, like half a mile away. So for me, that was one of the greatest parts about where I was staying. Um, so between that and then also in the area that I was, there were mad buses walking distance. And there was also um, we got shops, bars, restaurants, everything very, very I, I could see a store that sold liquor from my window and then further up I could see the pizzeria from the bedroom window um special fuck you to the guy in that pizzeria because he was a total asshole but uh the guy in the little liquor store manned like the two different stores that are right next to it one sold well they both sold um what do you call them uh souvenirs and stuff but then one also had like a shelf with like beers and stuff like that so I definitely did buy uh what do you call those Parolis, Peronis. I think those are the beers out there in um it in, in uh in beer. Like that's the Italian beer or whatever. And it's funny because I was really thinking, mind you, the beer was probably this size. So if you're watching live, it's like if you're not watching live, it's like um what do you call it? Uh what is this? Sweet tea. It's like the size of a fucking sweet tea. And um it only cost me Oh, yeah, a McDonald's sweet tea. It's about the size of a McDonald's sweet tea. And um, it was only two euros. So I had bought like one of those little, not like, I don't know, like the pocket size little bottles of whiskey that you buy from like, not the little, not the little nips, but like a little bit bigger. It's maybe like two, three nips in a bottle. The wine bottle. Yes. One of those <laughs> bottles. Like it wasn't a liter, but it wasn't, it wasn't big, it wasn't small. But I bought like a five dollar, five uh, euro bottle of whiskey. But then I finished the whiskey, and I'm like, that only was really like two drinks. So I'm like, let's go see what the store has. So I ended up running downstairs, and I bought the two dollar, um, well, the two euro uh, Peroni, I think it's called. And I was really worried about having a hangover the next day from drinking all this cheap ass liquor. But then my homegirl Tanya hit me up. She was like, Nah, Peronis are actually really good they're made fresh or brewed something or whatever and so it was actually really good so yeah if you're in italy go for the peronis the shits are good and um that was a really cool part about where i was staying 
Also, shout out to Nico from Delirium. Uh, thank you to Vinny for suggesting the location. Uh, the bar was, it was a bar that was literally three minutes from where I was staying. So I went there two out of the three nights I was there, had a really great time. The bartenders are mad cool. Um, ended up getting wings cause I'm a wing girl, beer and wings. They only have beer. I think at this bar, I don't even think they have alcohol, but no wine, beer. They've got a lot of different options from a lot of different breweries. They've got tons of shit on tap. Really, really nice experience. Great vibe. And all the bartenders were cool. So if you're in Trastevere, I would definitely recommend that you go check out uh, Delirium and tell Nico I said hi if you go. So that part about Rome was cool. Other than that, anyone that I asked any questions of in terms of directions were helpful. But again, another area where I didn't really feel like the people were extra friendly or warm or welcoming. It was kind of the same experience in Austria. Um, the one restaurant that I went to was, um, a decent experience. The woman that, uh, was the server and like the cashier. Cause I only interacted with the one lady. They fucking smoke in the restaurant. Like the people that was sitting at the table next to me, like were fucking holding hands and smoking cigarettes. It was like the most annoying thing in the fucking world. But when in Rome, right? Uh, whatever. It, it was very annoying. But um, yeah, so the people so far, nobody was really. And then again, it wasn't a lot of black people. I realized that also, I think the nod, the, you know, when black people pass by each other on the street and you do the, the nod or the what's up or how you feeling or you know, just the acknowledgement in passing I would try to do it to people in these other countries and they just would not make eye contact. They just don't look at you. They don't pay you any mind. And it was just like, okay, so maybe it's an American black people thing, or maybe it's, it's, I'm thinking it's just a cultural thing for us and not necessarily, um, uh, an all around the thing. So maybe only, you know, Americans acknowledge each other when they're passing. Oh, I just realized, um, Tattoo. I got the tattoo the first night in Europe. You guys on live can see it. And of course, if you follow the the uh, podcast on the Instagrams, that is uh, my newest addition to my travel sleeve. I got to have like six tattoos now on this. One, two, three, four, five. No, five. One, two, three. Yeah, five on the sleeve. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, the nod wasn't really as uh, accepted as I was hoping for. That was a bit disappointing for me. I was really looking forward. Anytime I saw somebody of color, I was just super excited in every country. And it just wasn't uh, reciprocated. But that could have just been the tourist in me. Um, and I think I mentioned in the last episode when I was talking about uh, blackness abroad that it just... I personally just felt very other in especially Rome. Um, Austria, eh, not so much. Norway, the people were nice, and I really didn't spend that much time out and about to feel like other. Um, but Rome definitely wasn't expecting it to be as cold as it was. And that's because of my interaction with my Italian friends. Um, whether they be coworkers, uh, friends from high school, um, 
I just really wasn't expecting, you know, such dismissiveness, you know, people just kind of, I don't know. I wasn't expecting someone to jump on my back and sit on my lap and say, hey, let's be friends. But it's, I don't know. It's just a, it's a really hard um, energy, if you will, to explain. It just really wasn't welcoming, if you will. But I was talking to uh, Nico and he was saying that a lot of, especially Romans, are very influenced by the Vatican. So their whole experience of other in terms of even homosexuality, um, especially because I always ask that question, like how, how are um, homosexuals treated in this area or how is the trans community treated in this area? And um, if the Pope ain't with it, then they're not with it. Um, but then I was also talking to my um, uncle and he was saying that, you know, in other areas of Italy, it's not as, I'll say impressive, but um, it's it's a little bit looser in other areas. But I haven't experienced any other areas. So there's that. But anyway, um, Rome wasn't terrible. It just wasn't anything life changing for me. And I guess a part of it is because I didn't exactly have any, um, I didn't do any research beforehand in terms of why is this place going to be exciting for me to see? I didn't put any energy into figuring out what about the destination was going to entice me. Now, I will also say that this is the first time that I have been someplace where I have not booked um hi grandma my nana's watching my live guys grandma i'm also recording my podcast so i'm also saying hi to you on my podcast which is kind of cool right so um what was i saying um this was the first time that oh and hi grandpa because if my if my nana's watching that means my pop is watching hi grandpa how you feeling um so this was the first time that i had not booked an excursion while i was abroad (laughs) Um, so that could be part of what added to my, um, not really enjoying the experience. Um, not really sure if that had anything to do with it. Um, hi, sister Becky. She's on there too. Well, this is so exciting. You guys are watching live and you get any special shout out on the podcast. Um, (laughs) Kira, you missed your birthday shout out. Kira just, um jumped on the Facebook live. That's this. I really like the whole interacting with people on the Facebook live and on the podcast. Cause then you guys can listen back to the podcast afterwards and hear me talking to you. So, um, yeah, this is the first time I didn't book an excursion because similar to my experience in Bermuda, when I did the out of season travel, I ended up just looking at the things that I wanted to go see and then just going to do it myself. So I basically took the same approach in, um, Rome, London, and in Austria. So I ended up uh, going to all of these sites, but didn't have any information about the sites that made it interesting for me. So it was basically show up, take pictures, kind of get a feel for it. I enjoyed being in the space of history because I enjoy history, but I'm more personally a fan of black history. Um, I know that there were uh, Roman rulers that were of African descent, but I'm not familiar with them and what their interaction with any of the, um, you know, uh, monuments that I was seeing. However, I will say that 
St. Peter's Basilica was an incredible experience. I did have, I did spend quite a bit of time in there personally reflecting on my views of religion, my idea of what uh, God is to me and um, churches in general, especially uh, Catholic churches are just such insanely beautifully detailed and um, designed areas. And I really wish that all Christians would treat people, especially, I mean, not Catholics in I don't want to single out Catholics in particular, but in just terms of me mentioning Catholic churches, I just wish Christians would treat people as well as they design and, you know, put so much energy into these beautiful places. I feel like the world would be such a better place. But I did really and truly enjoy St. Peter's Basilica. I ended up missing out on um, the Vatican Museum and Sistine Chapel, sadly, because I spent so much time at St. Peter's, but I don't regret the time that I'd spent at St. Peter's. Um, Additionally, I was walking through some side street on my way to like Trevi Fountain or something. And I just took a minute to kind of enjoy something a little more innocuous. Like I found a fountain that was just kind of regular. There was no, there was no monument. There was no description of what it was being something special. I didn't notice anything on my, um, Google maps that pointed out anything of importance per se, but I wanted to stop there because I just envisioned somebody being proposed to at that, uh, at that, what do you call it? At that fountain, excuse me, someone that had lived there in like 1614 or something. Um, I don't even know if the fountain was there in 1614. I don't know, but I just enjoy sometimes making up stories about incredible things that could have happened just because you're not Pontius Pilate or, you know, um, someone of great importance doesn't mean that nothing of importance have ever, has ever happened in that area. So, um, you know, things of importance to regular people are important to you and I, like my cousins having a baby or, you know, a friend of mine starting a business is important to me and it's a great big deal. So, you know, I liked a little dote on little things like that. And I ended up finding an incredible church, like 40 feet past it. And that was um, also a really incredible experience just to spend time in there and just see, again, all the detail that is put into the architecture of beautiful, beautiful uh, churches. Um, my uncle's here. Hey, young girl. So um, that was essentially Rome in a nutshell. I did delirium. Um, I bought some crap, magnets and stuffs. St. Peter's, ate some food. The food was good. The pizza was good. Um, what else? Rome, meh, you know, take it or leave it. I have no desire to go back. Um, yeah, sorry, Sister Becky. If I do go, yes, I will try Florence or Pompeii. Oh, also, um, what was the other area in Rome? Someone suggested something. I don't think it was Pisa. Oh, no, but Florence is where the, um, one of the, where, where do they do the, um, Tuscany, Tuscany, uh, the vineyards and stuff like that. I could see possibly doing something like that. You know, d- a different area. Italy's freaking huge, you know, maybe even Sicily. I don't know. But, um, and when I think of Sicily, I think of, um, 
not Estelle Getty. What's her name? Um, Ma, not Rose, not not Blanche, not Dorothy. What's the mother's name from Golden Girls? I've been watching Golden Girls for like the past month. Um, picture it, Cicely. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. But anyway, so I know everyone keeps on on Facebook. was like, you haven't checked out the right things in Rome. I hear you. However, the things I did check out didn't really do it for the uh, Estelle. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, you know, Rome. After Rome, I went to London. I got to say, I much more, hey, Ian, much more so enjoyed London. Off of one, black people. We were there. There were just so many more of us. I felt so much better seeing more people of color. And um, I don't know what it is, but for some reason, I kept picking the right people to ask for help. And they were just, especially black women, they were just so, um, hey, Jose, they were just so willing to help. And it was, there was one woman I was asking, is this the right train for me to take? Where do I get the ticket? She was like, right there where it says tickets. And I'm like, good point. Thank you. I appreciate it. But then she was just like, do you have the little, the wavy thing on your card? Cause honestly you could just tap your card and walk through the turnstile. Apparently, I don't know why New York isn't metropolitan enough, but you can pay with Apple Pay at the fucking train. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can walk up with your phone and bloop at the turnstile thing. It's not even a turnstile. It just like is a little plastic door that just opens for you. But you pay with your Apple Pay at the train. No, that's it. You can use your card. You can bloop bloop with your card. You can bloop bloop with your, app, with your phone and you're there. So... That's basically what I did. I Apple paid with the card, with the phone. You just walk. And she told she was just like, you could just walk up with your phone, just tap it. And it's on track four. So I'm like, appreciate you. Sure enough, Apple pay, walked to the track. That's where I had to go. Train was right there. It was perfection. I had, it was a really great experience just like getting on the train that way. Loved it. And then when you get off, you have to validate your ticket. And it's the same thing. You just do the, the boop boop. And you thing it when you get off and you're done. Like even the conductor, I was like, oh shit, like, he's going to ask for a ticket. I don't have a ticket. How do I prove that I did the Apple Pay? And he was just like, okay, just tap it when you get off. And I'm just like, okay, that's it? He was just like, yeah, that's it. Just tap it. And he knew, he knew like his entire train schedule, all of this, because one girl was asking like, you know, is this the train? And he was just like, yeah, we're going to hit so-and-so. We're going to hit so-and-so. He's listening all the train station. He's like, and it's going to take about 15 minutes from here, 10 minutes between here and there. So in about 43 minutes, we're going to be at wherever you're asking for. And it was just like, he was happy to give that information. And, um, that was, that was London. So started out really smooth experience. Um, uh, Oh, that's a lie. So this is how London started. Um, Hey, Chris. And Janelle is here. Hey, cuz. Christian is here. Huh? Oh, I got the hat in Rome. I got that the first night because the. No, I feel like I did. I did that already. So you was on. You was in your phone with your little ear ear pod. <laughs> the ear pod. He the ear pod gang. <laughs> um, yeah, I got the hat in Rome. Uh, it's upside down, but it says uh, create in Arabic. If you'd like to see it. Sure. Huh? Yeah, I'm certain. I'm sorry. I don't play. I don't do one form of checking. So first I looked up, 
it was initially funny story. It was supposed to say um, grow. And I chose Arabic because it is a writing system of, I think it's, I think, how do you pronounce it? Hausa, which is a dialect spoken in, well, not a dialect, but it's a language spoken in West Africa, mo- more so specifically in Nigeria, but also in other Western Africa, African countries. And according to Ancestry DNA, I am essentially West African. So that is also on my short list of places to go visit. It does not say wonton. Um, what's up, AJ? And um, it, that was my thought process behind it. There's always some type of thought process behind any of the permanent things that I put on my body. So yeah, I ended up doing Google Translate. And I what they also did was they showed a like um you know how I don't know how to say it but just because it there're different definitions to the word grow so it could be grow in terms of like um development and it could be grow in terms of I'm actually planting stuff it could be grow in terms of size it could be grow in terms of like and then one of the things was like create produce uh something like that so I'm like okay I like this particular um actual definition of grow this whatever so it's kind of like you can spell their three different ways you can spell your three different ways so it's kind of in my mind I'm like okay so this is the version of grow that I'm going for so what I did was I ended up sending a picture to this group chat I'm in shout out to uh the group chatters you know who you are um and I was like, anybody know anybody that speak Arabic? Shoot it out. Somebody figure it out. One girl was like, yo, I'm going to run to the store. I'll be right back. I'm going to go ass out. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Lorena. She ended up running outside with me. She went, she spoke to him. And he was like, it says create. And then Chanel was like, I just heard back from my tea guy. He said it says create. So I didn't send it to them and ask, does this say create? I just said, what does this say? And every answer I got, it said create. So I said, I'm taking the picture. And then, hey, Chris, I see my little cousin is here. I see Danielle is here. Hello to all of you. Thanks for watching. You're all getting a little shout out on the Travel and Chip podcast and the Beats on Film studio. Bloop, bloop. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I took the picture to the tattoo guy. They were all dry as shit in the tattoo parlor. So I really wasn't feeling, you know that energy there but for me it's just also a reminder of you know what not every step of your journey not every area or every aspect or every part of your journey is always going to feel comfortable it's not always going to be the um greatest of environments or not everything about it is going to be perfect but that doesn't mean that you stop creating that doesn't hinder your progress because somebody else is having a bad day or because you know there are other um blocks and energies and people and influences and shit in you know along the path that you're taking so that was part of the lesson for me and you know i just feel like that's another thing is part of the pain is part of the process also for me that's also a very large part of why I enjoy getting tattoos is because 
everything that I get has meaning to me. And then also it's like, you don't, you, you know, the shit's hurt. You eventually forget the pain. Like they all hurt, but they don't hurt now. But it's just a reminder of that whole experience. It's like, you're setting that shit in stone. Like you don't forget how you felt when I don't forget how I felt when I got it. So that's me. That's my personal uh, tattoo story. Hey, Nyla, that's my cousin. What's up, y'all? Um, so, yeah, Rome, St. Peter's Basilica, Delirium, the tattoo, and the fountain, the churches. Those are basically the best parts of Rome for me. Um, the best gelato I had, because I was definitely trying to get um, gelato every uh, European spot I went, was in Vienna, actually. It was also the cheapest. It only cost me, like, uh, 150 euro. Um, so that was great. And mixed berry is my favorite, uh, flavor. If you're curious, um, what else after, Oh, back to London, London started out as a shit show. I had, I don't know if it was, I don't think it was a full on anxiety attack. Um, but I was basically, uh, crying in the airport, um, got off the plane and I had no idea where I was staying. Um, I ended up overdrafting in the bank and I had cash on me, but I had to pay the deposit with my um, credit card because I was booking online and you have very much so the option of paying in cash when you get there. But a lot of the apps don't take, well, a lot of the hostels in particular don't take Amex. So I had money on my Amex card and I had money on like another credit card, but it wasn't the one attached to the account that I had. And so that just caused me mad stress. Now it wasn't exactly reasonable stress because I had ways to get around it. Excuse me, but it was just stressful nonetheless. I sat in the airport for maybe three hours, maybe four hours trying to choose a hostel. I don't do well with decisions. I tend to be very analytical. I overanalyze. I will think myself out of situate. I will think myself out of good things. I will think myself out of bad things. I will think myself, hey, Dave, I will think myself out of a lot of shit, but also I will think myself out of things that I should do. I will think myself out of experiences that I should experience. And it was a terrible experience. So that didn't go well for a while, but then I had to just take a minute and realize that even if I were to choose a horrible hostel, it's an experience. I had to be okay with making a bad choice. And um, that was very difficult for me. I ended up choosing to stay at the hostel that my little brother stayed at when he did his little Euro tour. Um, it was also not my first choice because they had uh, mixed dorms. That was gonna be the first one that I stayed at that would have had potential of having male and female uh, guests in the same room. Hi, best friend. Hey, Alicia. Um, so it was, you know, ooh, a little bit of a contentious decision for me. But again, I made sure that there was going to be an ensuite so that I didn't have to run up anybody's hallway in order to get into the bathroom. Additionally, it was, um, sorry, I just got the bitch text from one of my other homegirls because I know there's a story coming. But um, 
what was cool about the London hostel was it was only four beds. So I felt like the worst that could happen is that I'm sharing a room with three smelly dudes. That was the possible worst that could happen. Thankfully, it was a really cool woman from, she's from France, but she lives in uh, London. Her name is, I think it's pronounced Elam, Elam, but she was a gem. Um, another special thank you to um, my friends that really reached out and, um, you know, pulled me out of my funky ass mood. Hey, Ron. And um, Sharmila, who FaceTimed me and was like, bitch, go outside. You did not pay to stay in a hostel. Um, I literally took hours to decide on a hostel and then I almost didn't leave the hostel once I got there. So London was really, really rough initially. Like I was trying not to let um, the disappointment because it was additionally the same issue with um, the Euros. I ended up spending $80 because I was going to be there one day. So I didn't need to convert a lot of money. But $80 only got me 43 or 46 pounds. And again, things are priced the same as they are in New York. So if something's going to cost you $15 in New York, it's going to cost you $15 in London. So stressed. Um, oh, excuse me. It was $80 and five euros. That's what got me uh, 43 or 46 pounds. So anyway, I finally left when the woman that ended up sharing the hostel with me um was like, oh, I'm going so-and-so and such-and-such. You should come with me. And I'm like, fuck else I got going on. Sure, girl, where are we going? She's like, it's a club. It's a, you know, like a dance party or whatever. You don't, you are you gonna change your clothes? And I'm just like, that's all I got. I had on a flannel, some jeans, and some, some boots. And she was like, okay, well, you should be able to get in, you know, let's try it. And so I really didn't want to go, but I'm like, we'll see. And then she ended up just saying to me, if anything, I decided I was going to walk to Big Ben. She was like, would you like to, um, you know, just ride with me? I'm going to take an Airbnb. I'm going to take an Uber. I'm passing by that general area. I can just drop you off even better. That ended up being perfect for me. She made sure that I got dropped off at Big Ben and she went along her way and went to a little club. She had a great time. Um, she was really sweet, you know, We've since checked on each other since we've both been back home. What's up, Drakes? Hey, sis. And um, it was under construction. Big Ben is covered in scaffolding, which was uh, a little disappointing to my tourist eyes. But still, I was there. I seen it. And then you got the, what is it, the London Eye? The big Ferris wheel was there. It was snowing. It wasn't really an offensive snow. It was just kind of a heavy, wet snow. So um, what's up, James? How are you? So it was just more annoying than anything else. But I was really glad that I got out. I experienced a bit of London. And what was really cool were that there were a lot of really reaffirming messages along the walk. I definitely took pictures of those while I was going. Again, they're on the Travel and Shit podcast. Um I mean, the travel and shit uh, Instagram. I don't know if a lot of you've been noticing, but I've been posting most of my travel photos on the travel and shit page versus my personal page. Um, so I did a lot of updating on the uh, stories on Instagram. So if you're curious about any of that, go check that out. Um, 
So yeah, London. I really feel like I'm tired of talking about this trip, but I've been getting a lot of questions about it. So I really wanted to make sure that I had an episode about it. This way I can just send the link and say, here's how it went. So um, that was London. I did learn that I will never again just show up once I get someplace. That was not a great experience for me at all. I now know that with my disposition, my uh, personal personality, it ain't for me. So uh, I will forever be uh, making those decisions in advance. So um, that's it. I don't have a quote for this week. um, slacking, Slacking on that. Slipping and slacking is what I was trying to say at the same time. Um... But I do want to say that one of the cities that I visited in Cuba, and I've mentioned this uh, Airbnb experience on several different episodes, but um, I did the Afro-Cuban Roots Tour in, I want to say it's Guanabacao or Guanabacao. Again, English is my first and only language. I am definitely butchering the pronunciation of a lot of these cities, so forgive me, guys. But they recently experienced a really, really devastating um, tornado. And um, hey, cuz, what's up, Linda? This is the shirt that I uh, purchased while I was out there. But they are currently selling shirts that are directly uh, benefiting the relief efforts that the organization that I did the tour with has personally um, undertook to uh, assist those people that have lost everything. Um, so if you do feel so inclined to look into it, I'm going to have the link for, uh, what's up, bro? I'm going to have the link to the ways that you can help the relief efforts and also purchase a t-shirt in order to directly, um, assist those people that have been affected by the tornado out there. So um, just wanted to end the episode on that Um, in honor of Black History Month, if you will. You can uh, play a little part in helping a location that had such a huge part on Black history. It was the birthplace of Santeria and a few other um, Afro-Cuban religions. And I know uh, many people are either strongly or loosely practitioners of it in the States here. So um, I've definitely mentioned my experience with it in the uh, Gods of Abroad episode. So uh, if you want more information about that, you can uh, check out what I had to say there. And um, I would definitely say if you have a couple coins in your pocket or in your heart to help someone in need that, you know, throw your efforts and your attention to them at this time of their need. So, all right, guys, thank you for listening, especially to you guys on the Facebook lives. It's been really great to see you guys pop in and say what's up. Definitely listen back to the episode so you can hear where you popped in. And um, I will see you guys next week. Bye.